Hello and welcome to the show Kayla. She is currently living in Victoria, British Columbia, a very beautiful place and has been online in her business for 4 plus years. She is a 6-2 sacred generator and spiritual mindset coach for entrepreneurs. She coaches beautiful souls on how to embody their human design and gene keys so that they can be bold, confident, clear and and impactful in the way they show up in the business and serve their clients. Caleb's commitment to transparency and demystifying the PS that shows up in the online space so entrepreneurs can be courageous in the journey. She is also the host of the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, which has over 320 plus episodes and 84 plus interviews to date. Hello and welcome to the show, Kayla. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here and to chat about the things that we love talking about regarding gene keys and human design. Then let's hop right in with the first question. What do you love about what you have given me in the intro? Yes, I think that I really love that I've had a journey in entrepreneurship where I really started just because I had a desire and I really didn't know exactly what I wanted to do when I started my business. Like I was a mindset coach and I just continued to explore. I showed up online, I kept sharing my journey, but I think in about two years after I started my business and I found human design and gene keys, that's when I really thought I received the biggest permission slip for myself because it was so personal. You know, it's so unique to every single person. And I think that it just felt like a breath of fresh air. And that really allowed me to be self-expressed in who I am and my gifts and my strengths and my weaknesses and all the things. And it allows me to be able to share this with others. And because I'm so passionate about entrepreneurship, this is why I continue to show up. This is why I have so many podcast episodes and why I do so many interviews and why I love creating so much content. And I think being a sacral generator, obviously... Plays into the creativity factor. So it's just something that really fills my heart. And I feel like these systems are such a great tool for us to live authentically, which I think I think every person really wants to do that. So you started with human design and now you're switching more to the jinkies? So I discovered human design and it was through human design I discovered the gene keys, which I feel typically that's how people discover these systems. But I've also connected with people who are into the gene keys and they don't know much about human design. So you don't need to know both systems. But what I, my segue and my understanding when I found human design was that because it's so closely connected to the gene keys through the 64 gates, you know, the 64 archetypes of the I Ching system, that I, I could see how they could complement each other. You know, the body graph and human design and our strategy and our authority and all of these aspects of embodying our energetic gifts is kind of like the vehicle where I feel that the gene keys are more of the pathway. Like they're literally called the golden path, right? The three sequences together. And so I just... I started talking a lot about human design first, but then I started to lean into the gene keys. And now this is something that I really love to talk about because I, I don't want to keep teaching about human design, but if a lot of the people that are in my, my world that follow my content online, like they already have a, a, an understanding of human design. So then this is kind of like 
the evolution of taking the gene keys, which hilariously, when I say this out loud, it's like a very six line thing to do. Like I'm teaching you, but we're going to the next thing now. Like this is like we're on the roof. We're seeing the evolution here. The gene keys are more for the soul and it gives for me a clearer picture of the prosperity of what we are destined to do. I've always struggled to find that in the human design system, but human design has these types where all projectors and generators group together. It's not like in the gene keys, you group together with the same gene key of your life's work. It's more female, more grounded, like they say. It's not like there is a clear structure. You have the gene key and the line, what it means and the sphere and make up your own story. Contemplate what comes out of it. Yeah. In what way did you integrate the gene keys into your life and business besides of the obvious that you guide and coach people in living their profile? I think that human design became a tool naturally where that's how I started showing up. You know, as a sacred generator, I really prioritized the things that I was responding to and paying attention to my people pleasing tendencies of just because I have the energy and the drive to do something that that may not be correct for me. And so as I started to follow my strategy and my authority of like waiting to respond and respond to the things that lights me up, I started to see how when I started studying the gene keys and really contemplating this, like you said, how the gene keys are more feminine in their flow. And it's interesting because following your strategy in human design is actually a very feminine practice. It really is about following your energetic nudges and so on. Like it, it's, it's about receiving from the environment, right? Whether you're here to wait for the invitation, wait to respond, even manifestors who are initiating and informing, like they still need to wait for the urge. So there's still this very feminine-esque aspect of human design embodiment but when i started to look at the gene keys and i started to look at the power of the three different sequences and i started to really contemplate and look at okay so my incarnation cross everyone's incarnation cross is the activation sequence in the gene keys and the activation sequence is designed to activate you it's designed to provoke and bring out your four prime gifts which are the gifts of each of the spheres and it's here to help us develop core stability and to really experience our physical reality, right? Consciously and unconsciously, because those planets are both consciously and unconsciously defined. And and so I started to look at this and I was like, wow, like I'm seeing this in my business and how I'm showing up. You know, I see the 36 and the six, which is my sun and earth. And I see the 10 and the 15, which is my unconscious sun and earth. And I started to play with how I would share my journey as an entrepreneur, how I would create content, how I would do my inner reflections and work around these shadows. And it started to create a core stability for me and my business. And as that happened, then I started to go into the Venus sequence and I was like, okay, so if I want to connect with my ideal client and I want to be more vulnerable and I want to experience the unconditional love that the Venus sequence brings, like this is going to support me in my business because 
being a business owner, being a service provider is a very intimate experience. And so I started to contemplate this and I started to see how these patterns were showing up in my business. And it's funny because our business is part of our life and the Gene Keys is an example of how you live your life. And so it just made sense that this can also be a tool specifically for business. And so that's how I started weaving it in. I mean, I could continue on throughout the entire sequence, but I just wanted to kind of give a picture of like, this is how I saw an experience activation sequence. This is how it led me into the Venus sequence. This is how it influences me as a business owner. And this is what I love to teach to others because no one else is talking about it this way, which I feel is really special. So that's my long-winded answer to your short question. <laughs> the first great step is the evolution sphere. Do you have a short story for us? Yes, in my, my evolution with the Gene Keys. Yes, for example, mine is in the fifth line, so power and projection, and it has the shadow of interference. And the Jinky talks about hierarchical structures, so I had a lot of narcissists in my life. I also then tend to play a lot of online chess, and it always happens when I'm on the brink of rising getting into the flow and then the shadow rises and brings me back down into the old habits so i was just interested in what your contemplation and story is about yeah so i think for my evolution sphere that conscious earth is a 6.6 and so the six I, this is where i cross over human design and gene keys because the six is found in the emotional solar plexus in human design which is undefined for me but the six is oh is reaching for the 59 as that channel of mating and it's interesting because the way i notice ev my evolution is actually very much influenced by the fact that i don't have 59 defined because 59 is about transparency and honesty right? And then the shadow being dishonesty. And so what I find in my evolution is that when I experience conflict, which is the shadow of the sick, is I, I notice that there is a lack of transparency present. There isn't the embodiment of honesty there. And those are things that I value so heavily because I'm constantly reaching for it in my own design. And so it's like the reaching for the 59 is really influencing my experience of the six. And so when I look at being diplomatic in conflict, that involves honesty. So it's naturally being influenced by the 59. And with that, when we are completely honest and we have everything on the table, that's when we experience peace because there's nothing to hide. Everything has been said. And I think that's that's obviously the city of six. And so with the sixth line, so it being a 6.6 for me, I find as the teacher and the educator is that this is this is really this is really an opportunity for me to share my process. Like whenever I am experiencing conflict in my life or in my business, like I'm always very transparent about it because I find it brings me peace and I know that it brings others peace to, to see somebody in that role model state of being real about what they're experiencing. So that, that's been my experience with with the evolution. And it's in, it's intense at times. Like the fact that I will naturally consistently experience conflict, it's actually allowed me to enhance and improve my communication so much in my life, which is really beautiful. And that makes sense too, because the 36, which is my conscious son, is reaching for the throat. And my throat center is completely open. 
So I'm constantly reaching for that communication. So it's so interesting. And this is why I love bringing human design and gene keys together because it just makes it a little bit more tangible. Because if I hadn't said anything about human design in that context, it'd probably be less understandable. Whereas I'm showing the evidence of like why these things are happening. I also love in the gene keys, the shadow brings forth the gift. Like when you have so much intransparency, you long for honesty. At some point, you're just done with lying. It goes both ways. So in my first round, I was looking outside, which is kind of natural. And now in my second round, I see that I also have it inside of me. I was restricting myself inside too. So in your life, I guess there was a lot of lying outside too, as you talked about a lot of this intransparency inside of you. Yeah, I think that transparency is, it's interesting because it's within the 59th, but it's something that all of us can embody. And that's what I love about the Gene Keys is that even when you formally learn them and you study them with Richard Ryan and you get into his courses, you know, it's not just the 11 spheres that we have in our holiday genetic profile it's we can contemplate any of them and learn the wisdom from any of them because naturally the transits will activate these gene keys right so we're always they're always going to be activated at some point for us it's just the ones that we have consistently activated are the ones that get to be our foundation that's also when people usually get a sense of the gates through the gene keys in human design the gates were kind of too detailed for me but with the gene keys every five to six days a new one i always feel the fifth line very strong i don't know if this is connected to my fifth line or if it's just power and projection so that everyone feels it very strong how has studying the gene keys helped to accept yourself i think that And when I experience the shadows of any of my gene keys, it, instead of thinking that something is wrong, that I'm doing something bad, it's a reminder of, oh, this is how you're designed to be activated so that you can see things differently, so that you can embody the art of contemplation, quite literally, having that patience, that curiosity, that gentleness, and what Richard Rudd talks about in terms of like pausing in the moment and choosing differently, pivoting, and then merging. And so I find that it's just a very intentional, conscious way of shifting our everyday behavior to always be the best version of ourselves, but also humbly remembering that we are human and that shit will hit the fan at times and we will have our shadow expression, but it's just a way of being guided differently. Because if we're just constantly guided in the highest expression, we'll become numb to that. So we need to experience that polarity to have the full human experience of all the emotions and all the frequencies that we, we get to have being conscious beings. Yeah, there's a lot of shadow around, so we don't lack training. I found that the EQ is the most interesting in the regard you talked about. Do you have anything to say about it? from your own design profile? 
what I love about the emotional quotient is that it shows us where we have areas of opportunity. So when we're triggered, we can either reflect on ourselves and be like, okay, this is like my, my inner child that is running the show right now. Like, how can I bring compassion to this? How can I bring curiosity to this? And how and what do I need to communicate with the person or the situation that I'm being triggered by? So I think that that's something that I really love about the EQ. And it really does show up in our adult life because it is that that imprinting from when we are, you know, between the ages of like seven to 14, which is like, you're transitioning. It's a transitional period in life. You're going from being a child to being a teenager. And like, those are very difficult years, the pubescent years of becoming an adult, right? So I think that there's a lot of growth opportunity there. And it can show us a lot in terms of what we picked up during those years of our life. Do you want to go into an example from your own life if you want to, but you do not have to? Yeah, I think that for me, what I noticed is when when I was when I was in that age range as a child, I had a lot of challenges just in my household. Like I, I grew up with separated parents. My dad remarried to my now ex stepmom, and there was so much there was so much conflict and turbulence in that upbringing. And I can see how those patterns really showed up in my current relationships as an adult. And I had to like, once I had the gene keys to be able to look back and see like, wow, like this, this reactive way of showing up is coming through in my current relationship with my partner. It's like, you know, how can I shift my communication? How can I follow my human design? Because it's one thing to contemplate and see, oh, like, I can see how this is showing up. But then it's like, well, then how do I deal with that? How do I process it? And I, I follow my human design of being able to respond to my environment, respond to the conflict, respond to the things that are coming up and be able to, you know, talk about it and shift that behavior so that it doesn't have to keep playing out. And it starts slowly in my own experience. So the first time we are fully in it, but we see it just afterward, then we catch it in the middle of it. And after some time we catch it early and then we are out of it. Yeah. So with the, for me, with the 41.4, the shadow of fantasy, the way that I describe this to people is that fantasy is like, we're stuck in a pattern. And so when I was in my childhood with my parents, my ex-stepmom and my dad, it was like, there was constantly this cycle and this fantasy of like things happening over and over again. And so the gift of anticipation is really interrupting those patterns. Right. And really it's, it's, it's related to the start and stop codon, like that gene key in particular, And then when we look at emanation, like for me, that is like the consequence of anticipating something to change. And so what those years, like from seven to 14, you know, I, that was actually the years that my dad was married to my ex-stepmom was like from the age of seven until 15. So it's like during those times I was stuck in this fantasy and this reality. And so when I look at the line expression of kindness and meanness, I definitely experienced a lot of meanness towards me, but then also I was just frustrated and I was being mean. And what I really needed was kindness. So when I look at this now in the conversation, let's say like with my life partner, it's like when I'm being mean, it's like, well, how can I, how can I break this fantasy, this pattern and bring in kindness into the conversation? So that's like a more specific example related to that gene key, but it can just show us again, like I said, the emotional 
boundaries that we need to, to, to set for ourselves and other people. So what you are saying is that you are fully buying into the drama that is what fantasy means in that regard. Yeah, I think that fantasy fantasy is being stuck in a pattern. Like let's say when you know we're in a fantasy land and we're like, oh, so one day this will happen and you kind of keep things distant and you remain disassociated from it. But anticipation is like, well, if that is going to happen, then what am I going to do? Right. And 41 is in the root center, which is all about the pressure to evolve, the pressure to do things. Right. So, of course, it completely makes sense the way that it shows up with the shadow gift and city. We share the kindness and meanness. So the way out is to be kind to oneself. How has it changed the way you do business? I think just to play on what I mentioned earlier around giving myself permission, it also just really allows me to be me. I don't have to follow what other people are doing. I don't have to speak the way that other people are speaking. I don't have to do business in the way that other people are doing business. It's just like a really massive permission slip to trust myself. And I know that that's a really big thing that you talk about in your work is like trusting yourself. And sometimes we, as humans, we like want to sign to trust ourselves. Like we're like looking for the permission to trust ourselves. But then it's kind of ironic because when you look at your human design or your gene keys, like it's right there. It's actually all about you. And there's nothing external there to tell you to trust yourself because it's like, oh, I see my human design chart and my gene keys, but that's that's still you as a person. So it still comes back to you having to choose and give yourself permission to trust yourself. And I think that that's what's allowed me to show up so authentically and unapologetically in my business and continue to move forward, no matter what challenges or growth comes my way. It also fits the sixth line, which stands outside of the group. Yes, I think that's another thing too. One thing I love about the Gene Keys that I feel isn't shared enough in human design is obviously they have similar flavors, aligned expressions in human design compared to Gene Keys. But the lines, the ones to six lines in the gene keys in every single sphere, they have a slightly different flavor, but they still have the same theme. And so what I found in the gene keys is that six line, when we talk about the shadow side of like judgment or alienation, like these things have really spoken to me when I feel when I'm out of alignment with myself and I feel very judgmental towards myself or other people or situations. And I feel, I feel like an alien, like I'm on the roof, I can see things, but other people aren't seeing things. And so that's also allowed me to have compassion for myself. Cause it's like, okay, well, you're designed to experience life this way. Like this is how it's meant to be as a six line. Like there's actually nothing wrong. I'm curious because I have the fifth line and the fifth and the sixth line are the only transpersonal lines. When you are in interaction with someone, for me, it's like I don't really care about the person. It sounds funny. I care more about their story and what it brings to the whole. I'm interested in how you experience this. From So do you mean my experience of the fifth line to the sixth line or my experience as a sixth line to other people? The latter one. Yeah, so... My experience with as a six line to other people, I really feel 
the role model energy. And the other thing I've really noticed too, is that I have a strong desire to help people be independent. Like I wouldn't, I mean, it's one thing if somebody is following my content, Instagram, social media podcast for years and years and years, but it's like, I wouldn't consider it a success if I had a client for like 10 years straight, I'd be like, okay, there's something I'm not doing that's not allowing you to be independent because you're not you're not trusting yourself. Like you feel like there's this codependency. And so I find that whenever I work with someone, it's like, okay, I'm going to teach you and guide you and show you how I see things and show you how to see yourself so that you can go off and be independent. And that's like such a six line thing. Like that's so real for me. And I I think that before I had the awareness of the six line, I was embodying the fifth line energy, but the fifth line energy is there's like there's nothing right or wrong with any of the line expressions, but me being a six line, embodying the fifth line is like trying to be the mentor and the hero when I'm not designed to do that. So then it's inauthentic for me, right? But somebody who is a fifth line, like that's how they're designed to show up to support people. So it's interesting because when I am embodying the sixth line, that is really allowing me to make the biggest impact because that's the most authentic expression for me. So that's that's something that I've noticed and that I do find that people want to learn from me like that natural teach I literally have a teaching degree like it's actually quite hilarious how that sixth line has shown up in many areas of my life but is is that natural like I want to role model and show you how to be your own person is really what comes through long story short <laughs> watch me <laughs> yeah well I mean it's a two line as well right that that unconscious two line of just doing my own thing and like not realizing that people are watching but they are <laughs> Everyone is nosy nowadays. What were the spheres business-wise you contemplated that gave you the biggest breakthroughs? Mm, that's a great question. I think, so my attraction sphere is 48.6. And again, I'm going to talk about this from a human design jinkies lens. 48 is in the spleen. And the spleen is all about physical awareness, safety and security. And so when I look at the attraction sphere, it's interesting because from a traditional Gene Keys lens, you talk about how this is our sexual wounding. And it's like the karmic experience that we're here to alchemize with the Dharma and the karma pathways that run through it. And it's like the kinds of relationships that we attract into our life. So when I look at my business being a relationship that I have in my life, the shadow of inadequacy has felt so real for me since I started my business four and a half years ago. And so it's like the inadequacy of, I don't know how to start a podcast channel. I don't know how to build a website. I don't know how to grow an email list. I don't know how to do all these things. But the inadequacy is what drove me to become resourceful, to be self-taught, to hire support, to learn the things. And now it's like the, the natural consequence is wisdom, which is the city of 48, right? And so I find that that was really interesting. And it gave me a lot of compassion. Because when I first learned about the 48, and I saw the shadow of inadequacy, I immediately felt into fell into this victim mindset of, I am inadequate. This is who I, you know, I really I like heavily identified with the shadow as an identity rather than a launching pad into Oh, feeling inadequate actually supported me with becoming resourceful. And so that's been really huge for me. And I think the sixth line of disappointment and innocence, the shadow of disappointment was also so real for me often on the last several years until I found the gene keys because I realized that I was disappointed with myself, with my process, so that I'm feeling inadequate and I'm disappointed. And it was just like 
disgusting. <laughs> the way that it kept bringing me down. And in a sense, is, is almost like the way that I see it is like a perspective on Kayla, you didn't know what you didn't know, and you had to learn and there's nothing wrong with that. You're just you're just innocent in your process. Like just keep going, keep experimenting, keep playing. And the wisdom will come through. And so that's how I've seen that. And I think that that attraction sphere has actually been so huge for me. I've talked about it a lot from a business perspective, because it's like definitely part of the backbone of the types of experiences that I attract in my through in my business and through my business. Would you be willing to tell me a little about my attraction sphere? Because that is one of the spheres that didn't come up for me that weren't present till now like it ties in with business uh, i do not get that really for example i have the two four line four is frigidity romance it's moving from dislocation to unity with the path of orientation how do you do romance with a business partner like i do here with you now Mm. Yeah. Well, I think that romance, the way that I would describe that, like from a business perspective is being enchanted by your business. You know, you, it's like, you love the work that you're doing. And it's so like, when, when you imagine having like a romantic experience with a person, like there's just this chemistry and this connection and this flow. And it's, there's a lot of love presence. Right. Yeah, like it's exactly. It's this enchanted magical experience. And so when we and then you said the shadow was frigidity and it's like frigidity for me is like when someone is being frigid, it's like they're withholding, which ties into discord, that disconnect, right? And so if you want to have romance, there's always needs to be this unity present. There needs to be a connection whether you're connecting with yourself there's still that connection to yourself, that conscious connection to yourself, or you're connecting to your business or the services that you offer, the people that you're working with. Right. And so I think that that's how I would interpret it, looking at frigidity and then romance. So I'm curious, I'm curious if that resonates with you. It's interesting because I always wanted it to be magical, some kind of sparkling energy. In my life's work, I also have the gift of invention. So Richard Rudd talks about that in my life, I can't plan anything. It's all about surprise. I constantly have to surprise myself and others, everyone around me. Also, what you talked about, the shadow of dislocation, I always felt in my life like I don't belong here, nobody wants me, I'm not right here. And I never understood the connection to the attraction sphere. And I also felt that in when I met some girls, this orientation, they always wanted this from me and I felt like the teacher and I was like that's not very romantic for me yeah that's so interesting and there, there's no way to rightfully or wrongfully contemplate the gene case but one thing I will say about dislocation is that there you need to know that there's a disconnect in order to create unity because unity is at least two things coming together and so if you don't recognize that they're separate how can you bring them together 
So that's the beauty of when you go from the shadow to the gift to the city, leveraging the jinkies. It's always the paradox. Yes. What results have shown up after you have broken through your attraction sphere? Which, which insights have shown up? No, which results? So you said the biggest, strongest sphere was the attraction sphere in your business. So which results have shown up after you integrated that contemplation? Yeah, I think that the attraction sphere, having that breakthrough allowed me to get out of, out of the victim mindset. And ultimately, when you look at the shadows of any of the gene keys or any aspects of the gene keys is that the shadow is typically rooted in aloneness or this victimhood, right? And so when I stopped focusing on being fully embodied as inadequate and realized that that was my launching pad, it allowed me to take more action. And then because I had the awareness of human design, I was taking aligned action because I was leveraging my sacral. And so it allowed me to to when I would come up against something where I felt inadequate, where I didn't know how to do something, I was more trusting and taking action because I, I knew that it's in me to be resourceful and to figure things out. And so I feel that things started moving quicker in my business. You know, we start engaging more with people or connecting with the correct audience or correct ideal clients and people are resonating more with me because I'm being more authentic. I'm not stuck in this victim mindset of, of quote, being inadequate. And you can catch yourself early when it happens. Mm -hmm. How has it changed the way you deal with problems to the shadow and the gift it brings? Just for the attraction sphere or gene keys in general? In general, please. I think that it's like every shadow, even though provocation is literally the shadow of one of the gene keys, I think that all the shadows are provoking. It's kind of like taking a little stab, like, hey, are you listening? Are you paying attention? And it's this like uncomfortable niggle that you can feel. And it's like, it, it's bringing your awareness back, right? Instead of being so much in our heads and living in this stories or fantasies or whatever, it's like, hey, this thing isn't working. We're giving you information. What are you going to do with it? Right. And I think that, again, like what I've really noticed is because my life's work is 36, that compassion is very much real for me and every single it's it's like every single time I experience any of the shadows compassion shows up and it's so funny because if you think about it meta like metaphorically they say that the conscious son is like the father archetype energy so it's like every time there's a problem the father shows up and is like how are we gonna how are we gonna deal with this which is so interesting I actually just put two and two together right like that's a very stereotypical thing You know, but I still think that that compassion shows up. And then also that diplomacy and peace from the sixth line also shows up because the, the life's work in the evolution is that that challenge pathway. Like those are the common themes of challenges we're going to experience. So it's like the mother and the father archetypes show up every time I experience a shadow. And it's like, how can I be diplomatic about this? How can I see the humanness in this? How can I have compassion? How can I come back to peace? Right. So it's. There, it just goes to show that as much as we want to isolate one gene key and experience one gene key and contemplate one gene key, when we actually bring all of them together, that's like 
when we get the, the most limitless experience because we're, well, again, creating that space for the full human spectrum of emotion. And that's the clarity Richard Rudd talks about in the Pearl sequence that if you really get it, it's so clear yeah. that the answer is just there beyond any question. Not in a sense of getting wealth alone, but to prosper in every part of your life. Yes, and I love that about the pro sequence and that mental plane processing that it brings. I also remember something he said in my life's work. It stuck with me. It's either levity, he created that word, or gravity. So I guess when you talked about the shadow, it's either that gravity that pulls me down or the levity that lifts me up. Yes. Oh, that's so interesting. But that's a thing. Actually, that's a great sort of spot to contemplate for a minute. The gravity of our shadows bringing us down, because that's usually what we experience. You know, like if a shadow comes up, we bluntly feel like shit. And when we feel crappy, we are just, we're just feeling heavy. But it's in the heaviness that we can get grounded, right? And and so it's just interesting because we like we need that that physicality of like experiencing the heaviness because it brings us down and it allows us to process. And then from there we can elevate ourselves or levitate, for example, right? So I think that that's like another beautiful way to not shame the shadows when it comes to the gene keys because it's it's they all have a purpose. Like they say in the not-self of human design, all not-self comes from the mind. So the shadows kind of ground us and it might take a decade, but then we can lift up out of it like a tree that is grounded in the earth. Yes, exactly. What are the most important gifts the Golden Pass has given you? Mm, I love this question. I think that actually I'm looking at my activation sequence right now. I think that that is the biggest impact for me. Like I talked about it earlier, how that is our foundation. That is how we develop core stability. And so when I look at humanity, diplomacy, naturalness and magnetism those are my four pillars those are my my zones of genius my creative pursuits and i think that those four have always helped me again feel grounded because it is my core stability and when i'm grounded in that that's when my heart can really open up through the venus sequence so i think that that i think one of the actually the one that's really pulling me in right now to talk about is the 10th gene key in my unconscious son And the shadow of self-obsession, This I love this gene key because it's such a paradox. The shadow of self-obsession, and then we have the gift of naturalness, and then we have the city of being. The irony is that it's very natural as human beings to be self-obsessed. But it's the realization that it's natural that allows us to move from the shaming of being so infatuated with ourselves, like how others perceive us, how we perceive ourselves, our success the direction that we're going in our identity. Cause again, the 10 is found in the G center, right? So I always tie it into human design. And so when we can accept that it's natural, that we will be obsessed with ourselves because we are rooted consciously with the ego that wants to survive and thrive and be seen and heard and loved and all the things. 
then we can simply just be ourselves and allow ourselves to have that shadow side while also just being who we are. Like there's, there's no agenda that needs to be present because all layers of how we're being get to be together. So it's like that whole gene key for me is a paradox. And I think when I really started to contemplate this and I started to see how it was showing up in my business around like, okay, how does my feed look? Like how, what are people thinking about me? Like just being so concerned with myself. I'm like, okay, well, you're always, that's always going to be there. So just be yourself instead of being calculated. So I think that's one of the biggest, one of the biggest uh, realizations that I've had. And I just felt drawn to like share about the 10th gene key right now when you said that. Thank you. Yes, it's my vocation or core wound. And he talks about worrying, always worrying. And when you have enough of worrying, you kind of follow nature. Nature provides everything. You become natural just being in the flow. There is a saying I remember I think it's from Taoism. Trying to be oneself is the only impossible thing because you are already. Mm, that's so good. Yes, that is so funny. Now that you said that, it's like, oh, we're focused on... Yeah, that's ex that literally in itself, I think, explains the 10th gene key better than I just did in five minutes. Like that was, yeah, that makes so much sense. And it's just so comical how we do that as humans. We like overcomplicate things. At the end from Paulo Coelho's The Alchemist, he writes, I understood that the truth is so simple that you can write it on a, an emerald plate, but people need a thousand words to understand it. So funny. Yeah, it's so interesting how it's so interesting how we as humans overcomplicate things, you know, and I, I'm so grateful that the Gene Keys allows us to play in the paradoxes and the juxtaposition and the confusion. And it's so nuanced because that's like the thousand books in itself is there, which I think is why people love the Gene Keys. They want to figure it out, but there's nothing to figure out. So it's like the Taoism starts, uh, the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. Mm. So in the first paragraph, he already contradicts himself. He says like, everything I'm gonna tell you is not the eternal. Has the integration given you continuous results in success, well-being and how you interact with people? Yes, I think that I think that actually from a human design lens, this has helped me more in terms of communication because I only have my sacral and my G center defined and I have a lot of openness. So the aspects of communication regarding the throat center and the Ajna are completely open for me. And the head center is undefined. I have the 61 activated twice. And so I think that with the gene keys, when I'm in the shadows, it allows me to come back to my human design and check in like, Hey, am I being a people pleaser? Am I responding to my environment or am I initiating? Am I actually doing the things that lights me up? And so I, I use both of these systems to look at how it shifts my success and how I communicate and connect with others. And I find that 
those open or undefined centers, it's very easy for me to be influenced by other people. It's very easy for me to be influenced by someone's voice if they have that place defined and they have like a potency and consistency in how they express themselves or their views from the Ajna, like their beliefs. It's like, oh, well, maybe I should agree with that. Like it become very agreeable. So I find that I have to pull back. And even with the head center, like this constant seeking of answers that we have as humans, it's like, okay, you know, those don't have to be my questions. Those aren't my questions. Those are their questions. So it allows me to set those boundaries and so when I set those boundaries I come back to following my sacral and then I come back to contemplating my own gene keys with an open mind and I respond to my gene keys rather than having to respond to people their views their beliefs and so on and it allows me to come home to myself like over and over again and so with that the way I show up the way I connect with people the way I communicate the way I grow my business is an authentic expression of me it Sounds like the jinkies ground you, like you mentioned many times, and then the mind can understand it through the human design system, which gets back to embodying it and not staying in the fantasy. Yes, exactly. Very intriguing. So at the end, she will give us a short magical insight into my culture and let you know what she can do or show you. My culture is the Jinky 15.4. I'll pull it up and tell it myself. It's the line 4 network and it moves from dullness to fluorescence, the name of my podcast, with the path of magnetism. So my insights on this when i talk to people about the culture sphere one of the things i love about the pearl sequence is that when you look at it as a whole it's very much rooted in entrepreneurship it's very it's very rooted in that because entrepreneurship is about collaboration and it is about being of service right because entrepreneurship is about creating things and so the pearl sequence is really about how we are to be of service and connect with others and the culture sphere specifically I feel that this gets misunderstood in the industry when people look at it from a business lens because they think, oh, like, these are the people that I'm supposed to connect with. Like, how do I connect with them? But the culture sphere is the kind of culture you want to create with the people that you're connecting with. And it's like your natural way of showing up when you are with your people that you're designed to fulfill a purpose or a mission or manifest together or collaborate. And so when you look at the 15th, The 15th gene key is found in the G center, which has to do with identity, sense of direction. And so when we look at that being in the culture sphere, it's like the shadow of dullness, you know, you're naturally going to show people how to reignite within them, like notice the dullness, but then know that there needs to be that polarity in order to magnetize what it is that they want in their life. And that when we are magnetizing the things that we want, like we are, we are fluorescent, like fluorescent is the flourishing. And the other thing I love about the 15th is that it has to do with the natural rhythms of the earth in terms of there's no forcing that energy. Like it's very much about your own divine timing. And so when you are supporting people in your culture, it's like, okay, you know, we're here to 
do the work and contemplate our identity and the direction that we're going in. But ultimately, people discovering their identity and, and confirming the direction they resonate with going in is all going to come in their own divine timing. Right. And I think that takes away the dullness because people think, oh, my God, things aren't moving fast enough. Like, who am I? Where am I going? Right. And that creates a stagnancy. But then the magnetism is what speeds things up, for example, because obviously when you think about magnets coming together, like it's quick and it's a connection, right? But there needs to be the correct timing and alignment for magnetism and magnets literally, figuratively to come together. And so when we consider the four line, it's like you, I always say that the four line is deeply rooted in obviously networks, connections, friendships, like it's going to be really important for somebody with the 15.4 in the culture sphere to feel connected to the people that they're supporting. Right. And then it's like, you're naturally going to have this way of like supporting people in their own timing. And so I'm curious if that resonates with you. And if that kind of paints a picture of the kind of cultures that you want to create from a business perspective, or even from a friendship perspective, it doesn't have to be about business, but obviously my, my brain goes there. <laughs> what I found interesting is the magnetism. So that it clicks the two magnets push together. There need to be the proximity needs to be right. So it just happens at a certain pace and then it's slow and then they clang together. But if they are too far away, nothing happens. And what I, what's not clear is what I contemplated is, but first you mentioned it's kind, it needs to be hilarious, but I don't know if I heard it right. So I found that humor works best when I'm in this playful state and humorous people tend to like it most. Otherwise it gets too heavy. The insights I share. So when there is fun, it's good. And also I was interested for me, culture network is building connections to everyone. I, I always had friends all over the globe, but none very close or at least maybe one really. So one is in Canada, one is in Bali, one is <laughs> so very strange. And what I wasn't realizing, I'm still in touch with everyone I was interviewing. So I was thinking, is this mean meant to be and to also build a collaboration to do things with the people I interview or is this just mind I'm interfering there? I think this is, this is where human design can come in with contemplating the culture sphere for yourself, because being a self-projected projector, it's like, is this a correct environment for me to be invited into to collaborate? Do I resonate with this? Do, does this feel like me, these connections that I have? Like, am I being recognized? And I think that that following your strategy and your authority and really honoring, like being invited into the correct environment so that you're being benefited along with the people that you're guiding will have a huge influence on the culture that you create. Because if you think about it, if you come in and people in order to magnetize and be ready to receive in life, like they need to 
resonate with what it is that they're calling in. Right. And that's the magnetism. It's like, oh, I resonate with making X amount of money. Oh, I resonate with being able to find my soulmate in my life. Oh, I resonate with finally changing my eating habits so that I can be more nourished in the food that I eat and feel healthy in my body. Like that's, that's literally the proximity of magnetism that we were just talking about. Right. But if you're connecting and you're in the networks of people who are not yet resonating, you're not resonating with them. They're not resonating with you. That culture will remain in dullness because no one is ready to create that proximity for magnetism. This is where the projectorness comes in. Like they need to invite and see me, recognize me. So it goes both ways. The culture I'm in correct. And is the culture I'm building correct? Yeah. And I always say this, anyone, the G center, whether it's defined or not, if you are aligned with yourself and you're in the correct environment, the magnetism, the, mon the magnetic monopole within the G center will be activated. You will connect with the correct thing. If you're aligned with yourself, but you're not in the correct environment, things will be slower. Right. And so it's just, it's not, yeah, it's not just people who have an undefined G center who have to like be mindful of the environment they're in. It's like the magnetic monopole is a magnet no matter what. So I think that that's something that's really important as well. And it, do I also bring magnetism to the culture? So it goes both way? Yeah, I think so. The 15 is actually in my purpose sphere. So I'll, I'll talk about it there for a second. The 15, for example, in my purpose, what I find when I'm embodying this, I was talking about rhythms, right? I was talking about your natural timing and like resonating with who you are, the direction that you're going in. So when I look at me embodying that in my purpose sphere, it's like, What I bring to people is trusting their own rhythms and really connecting with what it is they desire to call in and magnetize into their business. So that's how I embody that, right? So I think that that can kind of, you know, you kind of shift the experience and that's a two line as well. So the two line, so the 15.2 is my purpose, right? And so the two line is about like this partnership and relationships. And, and so naturally, I love to connect one on one with people and work with them on magnetizing and, and really solidifying their identity, right? Because again, that ties into the G center in human design. So I'm curious if that resonates a little bit more for you. And then if you look at, oh, well, how do I bring this into a culture like sphere experience with others, you know, that can, and with the four line, that'll be a little bit different of a flavor. For me, it really resonates to do these interviews. So there was so much recognition at the beginning already, which I've never experienced before. It it really is easy to get people to the show. It's just I'm always surprised that everyone answers immediately. I just do it in a playful manner, so I'm not disappointed if there's a no or no answer. It's just okay. Then it's just like that. And also Richard Rudd talks in this chinky about the huge amount of giving this chinky has. And this ties in with my uh, pearl which has charity in the line. So I guess it's also natural to just give everything and share everything. And also you give contribute a lot to the culture too. Yes, I also have the pearl line in my pearl. So that charity, 
Yeah, that's why I know. That's why I have so much free content. That's why I podcast every week. That's why I write emails every week is because I just want to share the resources that I have with people. Yeah, I totally resonate with that. And the Pearl is actually, I have 15 in the Pearl as well. So in my Pearl, I have 15.4. So it's like, yeah, it's it's a big, it's a big gene key for the two of us, I think. <laughs> so you're double giving the this key of giving and the charity line. And yeah. it's interesting, Richard Rudd has it too, the fourth line. And he says, everyone says you will be taken advantage of. And he's just, no, it's just natural for me to give. <laughs> yeah. So to not have this fear, boundaries are huge, obviously, because there are always people who want to grab more than they are, they should. Yes. So anything you want to share at the end? I, I just want to say thank you for having me on and, and having and creating a very contemplative conversation. I really enjoyed the questions and getting to share about my own journey and dive into things that I haven't really talked about much. You know, the EQ, the EQ or talking about the sixth line and that depth. I think that was really, like really refreshing. So I'm, yeah, I'm really grateful that you, that you had me on. And of course, we'll have some additional resources for people in the show notes. And if people want to connect with me, I'm at Kayla G on Instagram and uh, I have my podcast channel that we talked about living in fierce alignment. I dive into similar conversations to what we had today on that channel as well. I know that's how you discovered me and invited me on. So thank you. And I have the Gene Keys business guide. If you're somebody who loves the Gene Keys and you want to bring this into business, that's an, that's going to be an incredible tool for you. So thank you for, thank you for having me on. And it was a beautiful conversation and I really loved it. I'm honored for having you. Thank you for being here and have a nice day. Bye, Kayla. Thank you. Bye, everyone. If you have enjoyed this talk, like, share, subscribe, leave me a comment in the podcast if you listen there. That would help me a great deal to bring this beautiful interview to other people. And I have also launched my first online training, a short, beautiful, simple, yet effective training to be aware of the not-self, every themes of the center, some techniques to integrate them if they are open for you. For example, when you have an open emotional center, how to confront someone or deal with boundaries, implement them, strengthen them. Also about the motivations to see immediately if a new relationship is correct for you when they enter with your motivation or if they are in transference. Also if they recognize the not self in you, you know immediately, oh something's fishy here and you can get out and never get into bitterness, anger, disappointment or frustration. You can find the training, the link to the training in the show notes or on my website. Have a beautiful day. Bye everyone.